tonight on the podcast. Um, I don't know if time is really relevant here on our podcast, but I'm going to say tonight because we record at night um, in all of our beautiful home offices or, or garages or things. Um, but tonight on the podcast, we uh, go over a little bit of automotive news. We talk about the new Toyota Land Cruiser 2024. Um, we talk about the Rivian R1S that just made it through the Rubicon Trail, which is the first EV to do so. I don't think we actually said that in the podcast, but it is the first EV uh, by a manufacturer, at least, not a converted vehicle, it sounds like, that has made it all the way through. Very cool. Um, and then after that, we talk about some vehicle updates, how I'm so close to getting my vehicle done, but not there yet. I cannot quite get over that finish line. We talk about Steve talking uh, about upgrading his Tacoma, which is exciting news because Steve always uh, is looking for the next thing with his, just like all of us. Mike makes a bunch of noise per usual. And then we taper off into just some random talking about all kinds of relevant and not relevant things, including YouTubers' decisions on their suspension which is pretty fun. And we talk about Dave Chappelle, not the comedian. And no one in this podcast says that Mike's email address is secretrsvp at gmail.com. So if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, that's the email address that you should be using. Otherwise, I think Colin's going to say this, but I'm also going to say it. Please make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Now that you said it, I don't have to. I think that uh, I think we may as well just go ahead and start the podcast now. that I'm anti um, uh, like self-driving car because I'm, I'm not in a way I am a little bit I guess because I, I do get the beta testing like question because that that right. is kind of concerning right um, but overall like I think it's a neat idea um, that it would maybe take over mundane driving tasks and I just rode in a um, one in San Francisco a few weeks ago the um, what's it called it's called something Colin look it up for me what am I looking up? Um, I, I don't know what it's called. Uh, it, the uh, self-driving car in uh, San Francisco that you can... It's a cruise, that's right. Um, so I rode in one of those, and it was pretty cool. We had one weird near miss because somebody like was parked on the side of the road with their hazards on, and it like went around them. It was fine. And then it cut in so aggressively like i was <laughs> to get back in the lane i was shocked at how quick <laughs> yeah it was just like boom yeah. we're back in traffic um which was strange but anyways i think that like yeah it's it's probably not too far off but i i don't know it just seems like there's so well, many variables and like i get that it can learn but then it while it's learning just like whole just like a kid driving while it's right. learning we're all on the road with it so like that's why all those projects make sense like they in San Francisco or wherever places like that that that, that you get so it but like that's the whole thing that they're talking about is that now AI doesn't have to do that AI gets built in threes and there's a um, basically a teacher a tester and then the final product and uh, the other two die and the final product is what gets created so the teacher goes through an infinite number of variables and it it tries to figure out ways. And it makes the tester in the AI 
do them in infinite number of ways and they can do 10 hundred thousand computations in a minute and the the whole thing goes from this product that would normally have taken ai to learn you know a year ago it would have taken ai 10 days on the road to learn to stop at all the stop signs or whatever right well now it takes this simulation one second to learn the every type of vehicle the laws of uh, thermodynamics and motion and and all of the things that could make it a, a proper driving thing and it's infinitely better at it than um, anything that has been created now those are all models and now the game is how do you create that inside of a car and nobody wants to do that because they've all spent all their time and money making their own systems that use radar and this and that but they're like as soon as somebody decides to let ai drive it's a month worth of product development on a test track before it's ready for prime time. Um, yeah, but what, and it's, but what is it using? Like that in what's it using for? It, sorry, not to get too far in the weeds oh, yeah. for this, and I really want to hear what these podcasts are because now I'm really interested. But like, I know it's what so is cool. It, you said AI, and that's all fine and dandy, but plus what? Because it has to see. It is a computer that has to know what's going on around it. So it's got to right. be. It's got to be radar or it's got to be cameras. And we've seen with Tesla all, that camera is eh, pretty good. And we've seen with well, everybody else because, that radar's mm, pretty good. But I, I get it. But yeah. like, because it's better is tough. Like, is it only camera? Is it only radar? Is it just new technology that drives whatever we're going to talk about after this, basically? Right. And so that's the, the thing that they're saying is that you give it a week with whatever you have, whatever is available to them. And you and you get rid of because basically all self-driving cars are running software that are designed to detect all these things, and so you have to have so much space in the software to understand everything. Instead of teaching it to understand things, you have to teach it what each thing is to have that in there. Has to see it, recognize it, find it, and do it. Whereas with this AI system, they're like you could give it 10 million photographs and tell it to find all the photographs with birds and it will find a hundred percent accuracy, all the photographs with birds and there's 7 million photographs with birds. And like, it just found it in one second and it has all of them and you can it, it, like, it's getting yeah. ridiculous. It's uh, a bunch of coding people were getting uh, mad because it can code better than people now. Most uh, like chat GPT four, which is what everybody's on and five is coming out soon. Um, but four can code better than the average uh, person who codes. And they sent, you know, a hundred thousand people sent their code into chat GPT and it uh, took 85% oh, of them and made corrections that made the codes work better on things that were already functional. Hmm. And so like just exponentially taking those things and putting them into an automotive sense, it's just, it's going to figure it out. It's just like the, the way the guy explained it is it is literally like teaching your child to drive only you can do it in 90 seconds hmm. and then they stop making the mistakes. And yeah. Like it's wild. I'm curious to hear about it. I, I think that I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you all remember this, but we got sold this really hard when it first became an idea too. like the mm -hmm. self-driving was going to be so easy. Right. And it, 
Tesla has said a hundred times, well, we won't even need a steering wheel or we're going to have a removable battery or there's going to be wireless charging. And it's like, that's great. And it's cool to be able to say those things and then convince people that they're real and maybe they are, and maybe they could be real, but that doesn't necessarily always mean like, you know, I work in this way that I'm always really skeptical about things. And sometimes I get really into them and I think, man, I'm in on this and maybe this could be that thing too. But I always like, yeah, you know, eh, maybe. Oh, maybe, I know. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> the same guy that was talking about all that stuff said there's also an 80% chance that it, um, like, massive bloodshed, people dying, everything goes wrong. Well, um, yeah. but it'll end in like a Star Trek style Earth utopia. Oh, that's great. Um, but we're going to lose like 30% of the population in the, in the way. Just like, in traffic accidents? Very, just, <laughs> Oh, no, no. In AI deciding that, oh. that to save the rest of us, you have well, to destroy those ones. We are very uh, much imperfect. Like if you had a yeah. perfect scope, that's at, we're out. That's it. Sorry. Yeah. Cut it. I mean, there's just no. So, well, that's an interesting starting. Yeah, point. You don't have to drive to Burger King, but it's the, you know, T1000 that serves you might kill you also. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, I can tell you what definitely probably doesn't have. AI self-driving and that is the 2024 Land Cruiser. <laughs> Do you like that se- well, segue? Like that? Man, <laughs> it is a should... it is a hybrid, so What do you got? You got two wheels and a hand uh holdings piece there because you definitely ride in the Segway. Oh man, it was perfect. I I'm really proud of that. Like <laughs> I think we could stop for just a moment and just kind of really get into right, how good that pause is. Pause everything. I'm going to go get my chicken nuggets. No, okay. Wow. Are you sure? Do you need, do you need a second? No, um, they're dino nuggets, actually, which is really chicken nuggets anyways, because chickens are dinosaurs. Um, yeah, no, I'm going to go get them. That should be done. Yeah, that's, that's what we thought was going to happen. <laughs> Does anybody know how to mute these things? <laughs> oh... Before I've just kept going, and I I don't know if it's me or if it's the show right now or what, but like I cannot, I can't move right now. Like I'm very <laughs> stuck well, in this moment. When, when the only thing that was said, was but now he's going to eat a Land Cruiser. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah! I can't can't wait for the. Uh... <laughs> The retorts with a mouthful of dino nugget. <laughs> uh, well, I was very ill prepared today too, by the way. So that's nice. This is good, good real outtake for you. Hmm. I was very prepared. I had dino nugget in the air fryer. How do you? Never mind. I'm just going to let you Go live, your, live your own life here. You do your journey, ask, Mike. Ask away. I'm just going to ask, how do you plan on eating those? Oh, uh, slowly mm-hmm. and sensually. Do you often listen to podcasts where people are eating and find yourself very happy about it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's the kind of okay. I'm into. I'm an ASMR kind of guy. Even, even on crunchy, food podcasts, they don't eat. Yeah. You know, I got to say, while we're sitting here and in this weird gray area of are we recording or not, I don't know. ASMR is a buzzword kind of word that I really don't like. 
I really did. I just, the idea of it, I don't like the talking about it. I don't like every part about it. I'm not into it. Why'd you bring it up? <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? Because he wanted to say, how <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> we were talking about old man rants. That's one of them. Yeah. That is on my old man rant list for sure. It really grinds Sean's gears. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> Local man yells at cloud. That's yeah. me currently. So while Mike's eating his dinosaur chunks, mm-hmm. uh, I think that uh, we've probably talked so much about this new Land Cruiser in our normal day-to-day friendship life that there isn't going to be a lot to say about it, but I think it's cool. I am confused as to... So I'm not going to say a lot about it because I think everybody that listens to this, all tens of them, uh, have definitely seen what it is by now because it's been like two weeks since it came out. As we're recording, I don't think my mom has. Oh, except for Teresa. Um, well, it's a new, it's a new forerunner. Or uh, whoops, see, it's close enough <laughs> to a forerunner. You call it a forerunner, but it's, yep. But it is the new Land Cruiser for the U.S. market, which means it's back after two years. It's built on the same chassis as pretty much every Toyota four-wheel drive is right now, although it's smaller, um, like a Tacoma. So basically, it's going to be a Tacoma with a Land Cruiser-like body. Um, it is hybrid. It's got a 465 pound-feet of torque. Uh, it is full-time four-wheel drive. It has a rear locker option. Has a center locking no, diff, no, which it's not Land Cruiser option. guys really like center locking diffs. The rear locker is not an option. But the locker is just uh, it's standard in in it the just Land Cruisers. Gets it. Yeah, it's yeah. an oh, option. Okay. It's an option in cool. the Lexuses. Well, that's pretty good. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So. The center lock thing I was going to say for a second is also going to be standard, but that's weird because that just means it's four wheel drive. Like there's no, the Land Cruiser guys love to say they have a center locker and it's like, well, <laughs> yeah. so oh, does everybody drive. with a four wheel drive truck. <laughs> like you have four high is what you've got. Like, thanks. So anyways, well, it's got that. Drive, there's only it's, one locker. Yeah. Well, yeah. With the rear locker. But if the, if you get the Land Cruiser lingo, it's two lockers. So now you've got three wheel drive again. You just get there differently. Because uh, otherwise, it's it's one wheel drive, but it's really good one wheel drive um, with the with no center on. It's just all wheel drive. It's great, and I love it. It works fantastic in the snow. I think it's perfect. But whatever. Um, and that's pretty much it. Other other things. It's smaller than a two hundred series by quite a bit. Um, it is doesn't have a split tailgate, which is kind of weird. That's my one like actual gripe about it. Other than it's a little funny looking, but I think it's funny looking in a cool way. Um, but overall, I think it's really cool. It's way cheaper than a 200 series. It's way more uh, capable. You know, I would think, um, it's got a bunch of torque it's hybrid. So it should get reasonable ish mileage. And I think overall it's really cool. I, I want to applaud whoever came up with the weird back after two years. But mm-hmm. to me, that was someone that's like, product development's running late. What we should do is say, the Land Cruiser's back. And now in you, reality... Like, you, ma- it, you made this point, and I, yeah, I let it slide. And it's amazing. But what I'm going to tell you is, there is a Land Cruiser that came out right after the 200 series, which is the 300 series, right in right. product development. They took the Land they Cruiser. They were ready for the U.S., Oh, it's fine. I, there's no way that it's not usable here. But what they probably found out was that, I, I mean, selling another $120,000 luxury SUV mm-hmm. under the Toyota brand, which has not really been good, why would they do that? 
They right. it makes a lot more sense to sell a fifty five thousand dollar, which is still kind of expensive, obviously for normal people. Um, more capable regular SUV to compete with itself, which is strange because it's going to compete with a, whatever Forerunner comes out. I'm sure it'll be ten thousand dollars difference, probably. Um, it's competing within its own market between the the basically the TRD Tacoma, which is going to be what hybridized now too. Same thing. Yep. Yeah, so I mean, it's all chassis to chassis, so you're basically picking a trim package. But did they release any information as far as the is if the Land Cruiser is going to going to have a, a TRD Pro option and what that would entail? Or not yet. There's like two trim levels. There's a a base that's got the round headlights, and then the fancier one that's got the rectangle headlights. As far as I can tell, the big thing is that the one with the square headlights has got like standard leather and all the little bit nicer stuff and um, the other one is cloth interior but still has all the cool off-road bits and they have the same drivetrain throughout which is pretty cool um there was a little rumor about maybe more like a full electric option at some point there's some other things that are kind of out there um but for the most part it's pretty much a land cruiser looking body on a tacoma except the thing that i can't figure out is that the tacoma as far as I can tell, still has part-time, uh, a part-time option. Like it's still two wheel drive, uh, if you right. want it to be, whereas this, I don't think it will be. And I think that's probably just a decision that they made based on it being a land cruiser. Probably. I don't know. And then the other so, thing that's kind of funny is that they, sorry to go over you, Mike there, but like they said like very carefully at some point that this isn't some, I heard a couple times, this is not a Prado. And then immediately <laughs> like, one week later, they released it everywhere else as the Land Cruiser, Land Cruiser 250 Prado, which whatever, it's fine. I think I don't like whatever. It doesn't really matter, but it's kind of a funny thing that they didn't backpedal on. They just tried to make it sound like that's not what we're doing here. So, so the other question I have is, all right, did they just do the math and find out that the 80 series is finally starting to like wear out to the point where people wanted a new one? Yeah, maybe so they're like, oh yeah, we did four hundred thousand miles already. We should probably upgrade for those guys. They pinned me because that thing is like the size that <laughs> I want. It's not so much that I'm like, oh god, no way. Like, I kind of want a hybrid of some sort. Like, I was just like, wow, make this a plug-in that can go like forty miles, and like, I'm really into it. Right now, I'm pretty into it. So it's the well, eighty I mean, series for dads. Yeah, for sure. At a certain point in time, you just carry a jerry can and a small electric generator to recharge your vehicle (laughs) exactly it's it's almost the same thing you're doing but one thing i did see that that they're putting standard in all of those land cruisers is like a 2500 watt inverter in the rear oh yeah yeah i saw that that's to the main battery without with key ignition off which is a an insane option and i don't think many uh electric vehicles are really offering in that way other than the rivian as well yeah power bank yeah the jeep is but then you can actually have the access to run, you know. Uh, the way the way I'm kind of seeing the the Land Cruiser is like it's it's not making it so that you have to have a TRD to have the off-roady bits. It's like they're making the, oh, it, a yeah. standard trim. Like I said, the the locker is like the rear locker is always in it in the standard trim. All of that, like it's that's always there. It also has a sway bar disconnect, so it's like. It's that, like, if you want the off-roader that, you know, maybe you can save a little bit of money versus a TRD 4Runner or something like that because it already has a locker, and you, which a base model 4Runner is not going to have, yada, yada. 
So it's like they're like finding that middle ground of, you know, you don't have to get the TRD or or a pro to get the off-roady bits with this. So it's like that slight, like it's not as nice, but it's got stuff that, you know, somebody that wants to use it, it has. But it's also lower than the Forerunner, apparently, from the starting Mm -hmm. point. Yeah, it's got some approach and departure angle stuff that somebody pointed out that were not great um so yeah, who knows it's a I mean, full inch lower than the forerunner yeah and i i don't know maybe that has something to do with the you know the luxury side of it right like the higher end one and the gx i don't, I don't know i'm really curious and I, I it's not gonna matter and i don't it's in the grand scheme of things it's really not that important but i'm curious to see what the forerunner does because i assume that the new Forerunner will just be the same chassis, and it will look somewhere in the middle of this and a Tacoma, and it'll be like I don't know, ten thousand dollars cheaper. It'll probably have a non-hybrid option to make it even cheaper, and it might have maybe another option of some sort. And obviously, you'll get the TRD, but the TRD will end up being as much money as the base Land Cruiser, easy. So yeah, it's kind of weird. I don't know. I mean. I, I'm happy to be a person who likes Toyotas. I think that's cool. It's like being a Jeep guy right now. Like there's so many Wranglers and so many Gladiators. Like oh yeah, you can get a four cylinder two liter, or you can get a three ninety two Hemi, and you can get three stops in between that. So like that's yeah. pretty sweet. We're we're pretty lucky to be in a in a time where that happens. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. It's not going to steal too much from the Jeep. I don't think. Did the two hundred like sell at all? Like well. In, no. like here because I, I feel like no, I, never, they, I see no. a couple like I, I there it doesn't seem like they're very it's popular. Flopped really bad in u.s market yeah no it's the heritage one they somehow that heritage edition at the very end did well because people realized oh my god we're not going to be able to get these <laughs> and there was basically no options just like every other full-size land cruiser there's been in the u.s and they decided you know people apparently it, it was that weird time too, right? Like 1920, where it was like people just started buying them. Um, so I think a lot of those made it out. But before that, no. It, it, there's, yeah, you don't quit selling something that's selling really well. And there's weird stuff in the market with the 200s too. Like there's obviously an LX570, yeah, LX570 that is regularly half the price of uh, a Land Cruiser on the used market. It's the same vehicle with some nicer parts and a dumb front bumper and it's half the price. I mean, maybe not always half the price, but it's pretty, it's pretty close. Like it's, it's pretty impressive. Like how much 200 you can get if you're willing to buy a Lexus. So I don't know. They're wildly overpriced. And I think that if there would have been a 300 here, it would have been more obviously. And they're super cool. And everything but like i don't think that market is great for them um it seems like they should have brought it though as a lexus right like bring an lx 600 or there is an alex never mind i said that we get <laughs> that right never mind we will get the lx 600 which is the 300 series so there we go we've got them both i can't believe i hadn't thought of that before <laughs> I'm like I'm actively googling that to make sure I'm not crazy, but I'm like 99% sure. Yeah. Yep. Ultra luxury SUV. Hmm. But that's like G-Wagon status. Not really. It starts at $90,000. It's got like 200 horsepower less and 
isn't as cool. <laughs> but it, but isn't that like what it's competing against though, right? That's why they yeah. stopped because it wasn't doing. I think it's competing against like Tahoe's and Escalades, which is weird because no one that's buying a, an Escalade or a Navigator, I guess, would be a better comparison to. They're not cross shopping these trucks because it's just not the same. No, you got to buy a Ford. Yeah, it's like the wife's vehicle when you own a construction company and have a Super Duty that's lifted ten inches. Like that's what you're supposed to buy, not a Lexus. Thirty fives. I think it's thirty fives on twenties. This wonderful article here from. Moto Rally Review, which I've never heard of, and I don't know why I clicked on, uh, says it's competing with the Escalade, Range Rover, Grand Wagoneer, X7, and Mercedes GLS, which all kind of makes sense. I think they're not wrong there. So yeah, all the all the big SUVs, yeah, three basically. rows, yeah, which is kind of where the 200 ended up being. Yeah. Like it's so, like they're freaking massive. I mean, they're every time I see one, it's surprising how big it seems even next to my stupid fucking giant vehicle you know <laughs> yeah. so i i it's like they overshot it a little bit by going that big was that but that was also they didn't have a sequoia during no, it's, that it's been around the whole time, time. it just did didn't, didn't get updated for a long time the sequoia yeah, still the been there and then obviously we got the new <laughs> sequoia which is better because it's on the same sort of chassis um, and it's yeah. just a better looking and everything yeah, about it it's better. Good. But the Tundra went through a refresh at some point. I forget what year, it doesn't matter. And the Sequoia didn't. And then finally they they like updated the Sequoia's mm. interior or something, but that's it. It still had the same front end from 2007 uh, all the way through. Toyota's about longevity. Yeah. I mean, Weird. if you can run that parts bin... Weird. Yeah. I I've, I only can I can only think of like two other than the newest Sequoia. I can l- literally only picture two Sequoia body styles. The the yeah. very first one, the T one hundred style one, and the really ugly next body that just that's, like looked absolutely terrible. And then like I totally forgot that they were even a thing yep. because that's, of that. That's yeah, that's it. So you were, there's yeah, three generations. One hundred style <laughs> no body one, right? Sell. And then it went to like this giant Stay Puff Marshmallow Man looking thing. Like They're every corner was yeah, so round. Yeah. Oh, man. Although the new one is really big too, though. So, so bad. It's not. But it that wears much. it well. It looks good. Well, it's because it's supposed yeah. to be a full size, you know. Yeah, and at least it it kept the look of. Like, cause I feel like even that, um, like you said, they, they didn't update the body at all. Like they'd never, they didn't look like the, no. the Tundra anymore. And I thought that was the whole concept was it was supposed to be like, oh, this is the SUV version of your Tundra pickup truck because that's yeah. how it started. Right. And then all of a sudden they're like the bastard child that was just yeah bulbous and gross looking and nobody yeah, wants it. It doesn't fit. <laughs> so. I don't understand what happened there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, I think Toyota does what Toyota does and they're really successful. So who knows? All the other auto <laughs> manufacturers do weird shit too. There's really, you know, whatever. That's just the way it is. Um, the other, uh, automotive news thing that I was going to bring up, uh, that we talked about briefly in our uh, little group thread is that the, uh, guys at Rivian, the people at Rivian put a R1S and I guess I also read kind of some side stuff, uh, two R1Ts through the Rubicon, 
the T's didn't didn't go all the way. There was some mechanical failure, so I think they turned them around. Um, but the S did make it through. Um, there's a bunch of articles yesterday and some today. They definitely needed some help. They weren't completely without uh, modification, but basically it sounds like they just had sliders. Uh, the stock Pirellis were on them, and they made it through in one charge, which is kind of cool. I think that's one of the more interesting bits of it. Like I think that we can all look at that and say, yeah, a uh, stock rig with a bunch of power and some ground clearance and some tires that are pretty fine. Yeah, they made it through with a bunch of pulling through and probably a lot of max tracks and a lot of go arounds and things like that, but they made it. Um, but I think it's really interesting that they did it, they claim at least, and I can't imagine anybody's going to you know, prove them wrong, but maybe. Um, they started with 80% charge, which makes sense from wherever they would have to leave from. Um, and they made it back with 10%, which was enough to make it to another charger, which it's not, it's what, it's, 50, cool. it's 50 miles, right? So it's not a lot of miles, but three days running them on a trail that's pretty cool like uh, yeah that's like my vehicle will probably have a quarter tank of gas when i get through it so like I, that's pretty good <laughs> yeah uh, on the same i don't know on the same same note um the current generation grand cherokee did the rubicon though in the okay. the trail thing so it's not it's not that I don't think the Rivian did a great job because honestly, the battery life thing is surprising to me. And I think that that's a really cool thing to be able to, to know. Um, but the, the more, I don't know what I wanted to point out there was that like modern vehicles are figuring shit out. Cause that grand Cherokee, I had one and I worked out of it and we took it wheeling and it did stupid stuff, stupid stuff. And it shouldn't have, yeah. and it was the trail Hawk or whatever. But the, the fact that, independent suspension isn't a limiting factor the same way it was anymore. And uh, electric isn't a limiting factor the same way it was anymore. Not, not to keep you off the trail, right? I, I see you wobbling your head. <laughs> I was going to say, cause it, like, it's not the best, but it's, it's doable, right? In, they made it. In this scenario, you have to think about something, right? Like, so electric, they made it. electric in this means four motors, which means active differential per yeah. corner and it means 800 horsepower so like that part of it is a big step up from a lot of things the distance though not ten thousand so pounds or six thousand pounds or whatever those yeah. things weigh they're how a much, million how much there's seven thousand pounds yeah there's seven thousand pounds ish but i'm sure there's about i don't know there's many overland rigs touching that number because i think jesse's yeah. rig is like seven ish uh, yeah, he's got to be 64, 67. Yeah. So, like, that's up there. And he sure sure isn't getting... Yeah. The Range Rover was yes. yeah. right there. With his 200 horsepower. Yeah. And I understand all that. But, like, those used to be things that you would think were not a thing that was doable with <laughs> sure. those those two options, right? Yeah. Just like saying that, oh, yeah, I'm going to take a Nissan Leaf um, across the Rubicon before these trucks were available. They just were like, haha, yeah, whatever. Electric's not doing the, the Rubicon. And now leaf owners are just piling up Chum. at the entrance, ready to go. Those guys <laughs> in the uh, Pontiac Bison crowd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a bit of a difference between a Rivian and, and a leaf. Yeah, a little bit. But, uh, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. No, but I get, I get your point, Mike, because <laughs> yeah. it, a few years ago, you would look at an electric car and you would think leaf, Tesla, that's about it. Yeah. Right? And now we're at a spot where we have. 800 horsepower ridiculous off-road vehicles we've got 
battery from multiple uh, yeah multiple yeah. Mul multiple people we've got battery electric uh plug-in hybrid jeeps we've got things coming along that are like they're they're kind of straddling that line and being the best of both worlds sometimes which is really cool yeah. i think it's interesting i don't know if i said this before but i think it's interesting that the um rubicon has become like the off-road nurburgring where in it there's no time involved but it's always like well we we put it through the rubicon and you're always like and we got this much body okay, damage but what does that yeah. really mean like i would love and i've said this before like things like rivian i would love to take to Klein, I'd love to do on the Rubicon or something and just see if there were no consequences. But the pro the problem is these things are still $120,000 trucks. So like, there's not a lot of people willing to do that. Uh, there's definitely some YouTube personalities and things probably mm -hmm. that would, but beyond that, like your normal person, that's even the next step up from your 392 Rubicon people, even though they're putting that much money into it, probably like, it's not the same thing. Your normal guy that's going to spend that much money on a truck is also not going to do that with it. But yeah, a hundred thousand dollars, 392 Rubicons on forties with tons and hydro assist and full skids. And like, that's, that's why he did that. The guy with the Rivian is like, I like to have a truck and I would like yeah. it to be electric. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and a little fast, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> but Jeep's also been able to like cultivate a, a, an audience too. Oh yeah. Within that oh, yeah. Well, and that Rubicon being the testing ground is Jeep. That's who did it. Mm -hmm. There's no one else. It's obvious. Like there's no. That is yeah. the crowned champion of doing that specific trail to prove off-road prowess. Um, oh yeah, they they bring like 15 of them stock through every year. Yeah. for their pre jamboree um uh like ceo run or whatever and they they just stock rubicon whatever trim package people end up in but there's like literally from jeep 15 of these plus a year that go through the rubicon in exactly showroom condition it's like like that's the whole thing yeah and i, I mean I, there's other you know other manufacturers obviously the bronco was benchmarked against the jeep and that's it spent time on the rubicon and all those things so it's cool mm -hmm. um i'm sure that someone will do that again at some point soon and i'd like to see more about it um the press photos Content, are beautiful yeah. and whatever but like you know it's a little fluffy <laughs> yeah and yeah it's I, it would be interesting to see some actual like video of you know, some of the more well-known obstacles and, you know, how they went around them, how the Rivian actually did it or went around it or had to get pulled off of it or yeah. what have you, yeah. because yeah, like we, like we saw, they, they, someone mentioned, well, you guys had a Jeep there to fucking pull you off of stuff that you got stuck yeah. on. And there was somebody sitting in the passenger seat tuning That's the entire time because they had to control everything in a different way, which... I don't know if that's like a they're figuring out new settings so that they can upgrade off-road modes and things like that. So it might be like a little yeah, bit that. of a bench test type thing, which is great. That's very that's wise yeah. to do that. Um, but I mean, it, it would be cool to see some of them. I mean, like as we know, like the they put well, I shouldn't say they. One guy that I know of has taken a new Defender through, um, but it was a far ways away from stock um but the rivians only have so stock tires but you They're failed to mention how big yeah. they were they're 34s 
so it's like it's it's right there at that at that like limit of what people usually say you want to have to do the Rubicon. Granted, because of the the motors that you know they don't have to have the lockers because everybody says, oh well, front and rear locker. If you've got thirty threes, thirty fives, you can get away with a rear locker. So they kind of have that middle ground of we've got you know that middle tire that's kind of a weird size because it's a thirty four. But it's essentially got, you know, triple locked, as the yeah. Land Cruiser guys like to say. It's quad and, locked, uh, actually. So, yeah, but it just doesn't. Locked. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd be curious. Like, I, I don't I've never looked at like any of the numbers or anything like that. But I'd be curious to know what kind of suspension travel like they actually have because they're air. Yeah, they? they've actually got a decent amount. I'll check while you guys are talking. Um, and if I remember well, about you- it. It's not just like air ride. It's like dynamic ride. Like they're, it'll air up and air down to touch things. To right, like they're it's also, not even just cross which, whatever. But yeah, which is very that's very Land Rover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that's the same type of stuff that that Land Rover did since the LR3 on, basically. So yeah, that's. I mean those those have a for air ride. They've got a pretty decent amount yeah. of travel. Like it's nothing to you know. That is absolutely so the rim is so flat across the bottom that it uh, that they don't even know where to lift it. So the guys at Northwest Wheel and Tire had to spend like one day figuring out where to lift the vehicle from to take the wheels off because it's just flat across the bottom. And people are like, "Well, why would you take the wheels off?" <laughs> so um, that that I think is a huge benefit when you're pulling across a bunch of rocks and a bunch of garbage that's on the trail. It just it's slides across the bottom it's all flat that's wonderful <laughs> not gonna be great in the snow unless you're going downhill not deep snow anyway <laughs> now i got a sled i got a sled mm, even then <laughs> that th- that air everything all the way up and you <laughs> that just hope that though? the gravity <laughs> will take you get the tires out of the way yeah what remember what remember what the range rover did same <laughs> I thing know, i know <laughs> So two things. Uh, first, they have um, roughly like 10 inches of wheel travel. It sounds like six and a half inches of like active travel. That seems to be kind of the numbers that people throw around. The interesting thing about the suspension okay. that you guys were alluding to that you couldn't pin down, though, um, is really neat. It is cross-linked hydraulic. So that means that it oh. shares the front right, the front left share fluid, essentially. So not only can it adjust its height on the fly, it, yeah, sure. It that. So, like, um, that's a suspension technology that was like created. I have no idea where and for who, but it's really popular or really famous for being in McLaren's newer cars. So, Land Rover early two thousands with the cross hydraulic thing. LR 3s interesting. As a hydraulic, it's air, but they, but it's the, but they cross valved all oh, those. Got it. So yeah, so they act like a live a- or quote unquote act like a live. Yeah, asshole. this is. Yes. I so think the Ford thing. Yeah, it's it's something to do with the dynamics of like mm-hmm. how it. Yeah, Ford <laughs> Jaguar. Yeah, yeah, pretty much all the same. Anyways, yeah, yeah. um, but yeah, pretty high tech yeah. stuff. Pretty cool. It's a cool rig. I like them. Okay. Also, they're really big. Yeah, I mean, ten inches of travel yeah, is it's not, is pretty. It's good. nothing crazy, but it's not bad. So I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that they lift wheels. Oh yeah. Which that's what that's what I'm interested in seeing is is it go through some stuff oh, yeah. and like lift some wheels and 
you know, see how what that uh, that breakover point is of where it starts yeah. to look sketchy because there is, you know, we've all seen cars lift wheels and and some of them look sketchier lifting wheels than others. So it'd be interesting to see at what point, like how high does it start to look sketchy versus, eh, this is just kind of what Yeah, it is does. it a baby giraffe or so, a corgi? It's a, it's a long wheelbase to be lifting wheels too. It's like that, <laughs> that like a super duty lifting wheels. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're not small. Uh, it's not like mm-hmm. full size SUV big, but it's not small. No. So very interesting. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, Colin, did you, you had something else you were going to, you were going to go over, which I thought was going to be fun because we don't really have like a main topic. So we were going to just do, uh, our news little bits and any other, if anybody had any updates on anything. Um, and then Colin was going to do something, ask a question. Oh, well, I mean, updates on stuff. I I feel like Sean has the largest update for us from the sounds well, of things. So it sounds like a really big update, but basically what happened was I took three <laughs> days to put my transmission that took me 45 minutes to pull out in. So you know, I you didn't ask for help, right? No, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, I didn't actually spend three days, but it took three days because I did it like one hour at a time. So probably three hours, I guess. Um, it but got it's, fluid. Did you drive it around the block? I haven't gotten there. It's uh, currently still has the jack under the transfer case because I had a podcast to record, if mm. you'd believe mm. it. And I did that instead. So, um, yeah. Well, I think that's, that's all for us today, guys. Uh, let's get Sean back into <laughs> the garage, and I hope everybody had fun. Like and subscribe, uh, and get the fuck out of here, Sean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had the one beer, so no. I'm done now. <laughs> You're not going to paint your Jeep? Uh, no. No, it's if you uh, grew up to weld after the podcast. I'm going to go ahead and paint my body. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm, I let that last bit of this drag a little too long up until now. I felt pretty motivated, but that last little bit really has gotten me, uh, taking the trans apart is really tedious. It really sucks. Putting it back together is very tedious and it kind of sucks. And then trying to get that, four and a half foot long transmission transfer case combo put together under the truck, put on the stand or the uh, lift and then finagling it around. It's just like the smallest little amount of movement takes so much effort. Um, And I'm not complaining. It's fine. It's I've done harder projects, but it's just really got me completely worked. Like I'm at my, I'm at an 11 out of 10 with being, done dealing with it so hopefully this works well, there's no I reason mean, when you were um, i have lot, lots of clearance but when you were that close to you know potentially feeling like you were oh i'm like you know i'm a weekend away from driving potentially and then having it just mm-hmm. you know totally flip oh, on I you had... like that is <laughs> That that that's part of the I had, demotivator right there. I can tell you that. <laughs> I had an yeah. exhaust appointment set up for the next day, and I was confident because I had gotten it up to temperature. Everything is fine. No leaks. No weird stuff. I have a little power steering leak, which I'm probably going to end up fighting for a while. Um, and I like every, axle. Everything was fine, and then it wasn't fine. 
Uh, yes, like my axle, which I got to do at some point too, but now it's just whatever. I have so much. The difference between two months and three months of axle seal seepage is aggressive. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, it's, it's hard to like, a lot. catch the, the, the seepage off of a wheel or off of a tire. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. There's there's a lot lot on the ground, but um, you know, otherwise, well, like, and- there's little stuff that I still need to finish. But like, it, without with the drivetrain back in, with the transmission and the drive lines back in, it, for all purposes, it should be able to go to the exhaust shop, come back home, and like have a, a drive before I do my first oil change, which should be like, you know, ten miles or whatever. So I, I'm ready for that, but it's just like I, I like Colin said, I got there and then it did not happen. Yeah. Well, and it's it's really hard because truthfully the rest of your swap stuff went according to plan um like it wasn't all 100 percent roses and butterflies but it you had a plan and it seemed like you were sticking to it really well and then that it seems like the better it goes in the beginning the harder that feels when it doesn't go well in the end yeah it wasn't exactly trials and tribulations the entire way through it was more just like i'm gonna go at my pace and everything's gonna be fine and it was mm-hmm. for the most part and like i said there are a yeah. couple things i gotta finish yeah. there's a couple it loose ends pretty but, pretty smooth till then yeah i did fix my oil pressure sender that i was complaining about in the last podcast i think mm-hmm. that we did um i actually did a really me thing and i bought two different adapters to start and forgot about the first one so <laughs> luckily these are pretty cheap um because I'm way past any return window. Um, and I actually bought the right one the first time and the wrong one the second time. So um, thread pattern, all that stuff is fine, but there was a height difference, um, which I didn't even know I needed, but I did. Um, so now that's all buttoned up. So and it's really easy because with the transmission out, I could sit underneath the vehicle and work at the back of the engine perfectly. Like it's just like it was above my head still, but not that far. Um, so that worked, cool. worked out really well. Um, so it's close. Um I did find finally somebody that uh, mentioned that if you, for some reason, if you flip the uh, shift cable uh, lever on the transmission, which I didn't do and I thought about doing because a couple of people have said you do and a couple of people say you don't have to, apparently it causes uh, the angle to be much better on the cable and it makes it shift better uh, as far as like just with your you know, shifter in the car because mine is not great. And the other one that I've test driven with the same setup was also not great. And I just kind of went, well, this is a kick the can down the road moment. I'm going to figure it out later. It will shift. Um, but it's not as good as I would like. It doesn't have like a really nice positive engagement. Um, so I don't want to put an aftermarket shifter in there. Mike's in the Jeep looked fine. Cause it's a Jeep, but like yeah, I have well, a full normal center console and yeah. cup holder and all this stuff. Like, I don't want to get rid of that for a stupid art car shifter. I want this stock one to work. So, um, all in all, not that big of a deal and something that I can well, easily there's, work there's on. Something to be said fit, fit to finish in the land cruiser, like for it to like feel the way that it always has Yeah, for you. Um, like, but having the advantages of, you know, the swap and whatnot, like that's yeah. that's part of the the importance of the of the project itself. It's not a we're just getting it to work 
because no. this is the easiest way to get it to work. It's no. like you want to have like a certain level of of that finish. So that's totally fair as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Aesthetically, well, yeah. you cannot tell still, which I'm really proud of. I yeah, really like that. Cool. So um, nothing in it looks different. Uh, under the hood, obviously, it's it looks way different. different but It's going to uh, sound different. different. Should be yeah. I'm hope, the sound I'm that we're used to quieter. is going to be very much different. <laughs> smoke yeah uh, i'm gonna miss it though i love that i just saw one of the old yeah we'll miss we'll miss the smoke yeah yeah i'm Not sure you me. won't i uh, <laughs> just watched one of the old campfire passport instagram stories that's i don't know if it, well i watched a couple of them one of them is us in the snow and one of them was me doing a donut in the sand oh, and yeah. i get on the rev limiter a little bit and i'm like man i'm gonna miss that sound <laughs> it's kind of fun it's really fun in the snow as as you- but as soon as you drive it with your uh, 6.7 liter LS, yeah. I don't think you're going to miss it. I think you're <laughs> going to think you miss it until you don't miss it. Yeah, Yeah. well, maybe I'll spend a little less time on the rev limiter this way. We'll see. I hope not. Yeah, me too. I still wanted to fill it up with two-stroke oil just to see how it smell like a fucking chainsaw. At least it would <laughs> smell better then. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you put caster, it smell really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to quickly point out that my LS swap uh, has not caused me any extra heartache after I sold it. Um, it's been a while now. The guy's got all my information. I told him to call me anytime he needs anything. Man. And he's like, yeah, I know it's kind of a new swap. If I have questions or whatever, I'm, I'm going to call you. I'm happy to. Um, and I, I haven't seen it in town anywhere. But dude's never reached out, never said anything, paid all the money. It was a real check. Um, and it worked out great. So that, I know it's a weird thing to be proud of, but, um, I have continued my streak of buying, fixing, selling, and not having people mad at me afterwards, which I, uh, I think is nice. So, uh, fun side story for a second in regards to that first thing though, um, I'm nice too. So I generally tell people like stupid things like if you have any problems call me but that is just an awful way to do things like realistically you should be like sign here see you later i don't ever want to see this again yeah i do that on most things but that jeep was was, i was already i touched everything the frame and the body were original and every otherwise none of the axles were original none of the control arms were original the transfer case was original but only because it was already rebuilt before i bought it like I did everything on that. So that was one of those things where I was like, I think I gave you all my information uh, about the Jeep, but I don't know that I gave you everything. And so if something comes up, like none of this is stock. You can't look up a Jeep Wrangler TJ and figure out what's going on with your Ford 8.8 rear end that I have a uh, limited slip kit that I added Kevlar gears to and then added a shim kit that I've designed by myself because I've done it six times in different other vehicles so that I could make sure that it grabs the way I like like you should call me. I'm going to talk you through it and I'm happy to do that. But but yeah, not a single word from him. And he was going to go do the Rubicon this year, this summer, and I haven't heard anything bad well, good or otherwise about it, but this, this is where my story comes in. Maybe he maybe it really went bad or he put a different engine <laughs> in it because I he sold died. I sold a uh, a car that I was super proud of years and years and years ago. I had a uh, an EG Civic four door, and I had an Integra Type R swap in it, and a bunch of cool stuff. Like really cool for me at the time. I loved it. I still kind of it's like the one that got away kind of car. Sometimes, um, the guy that I sold it to 
moved away, obviously, or maybe he lived somewhere else. I think he moved away though. I think it was in town for a little bit and he pretty much within like six months yanked the motor out, put a completely different engine in it that was lame, like a stock B16 or something with a weird turbo kit and then sent me pictures of it. And he was so proud. And I was like, what did you do to my car? Like all I could do was say, okay, man, cool. And like, at that point I was like, please lose my number. Like, I don't, I don't ever want to hear about this again. Subsequently, he took it to a track day at some point and, uh, broke a rear control arm in half or the mount snapped off the car or something. He had a whole thing with it. Um, he was fine, but it, you mm. know, anyways, so maybe Mike's Jeep doesn't even have that motor in it anymore. Well, that sounds uh, strange. That's what I'm getting at. Reminiscent to, uh, my Jetta as well. And, uh, <laughs> the trials and tribulations that, that oh, thing's yeah. gone through. Oh my God. That thing, my care, that poor car. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It, it was good when you picked it up. It was better when you sold it. And then, yeah, makes me sad that went, there's anything wrong with went, it. Went pretty bad after that. Um, it I looks terrible. Yeah, it looks very bad. Uh, I have uh, an, a vehicle update actually that just happened literally today. Uh, as we just for uh, you know some background for our tens of listeners um, or watchers, uh, my. Fuel capacity has always been a little confusing because it should be it's a it's a uh, blazer uh, a full size blazer fuel tank that's supposed to be 19 gallons. Um, I've never been able to fit, or I, I should say, I've never been able to have more than 15 gallons go into it, which is very confusing because I've ran it out of fuel a couple of times. And, uh, as it turns out, now that we get to pump our own gas, I got to fiddle with it a little bit today when I was filling it up. So it, even on the low setting, it consistently clicks off at the 14 to 15 gallons range, depending on how low it is when I, when I bring it in. Right. And so I just assumed that I couldn't, that it wasn't able to get all of the fuel or or whatever uh no it turns out you just have to half throttle the lowest setting and i can get another two gallons in there so it actually took 17 gallons this time which finally makes me think hey i might have a 19 gallon tank so so one that's affected how far i've been able to drive it (laughs) for the entire time i've had it and uh yeah and so yeah so i i I squeezed another two uh two gallons out of the tank this time so not bad now that i can pump my own gas i actually know what's going on (laughs) so the diesel the red truck is that way because i have to route my um my filler neck in a funny way to go over the frame but under the flatbed um and so i have to the last two gallons on either tank is super like that so you might just have a uh too flat of a filler neck at some point so the the back pressure on the filler neck is able to push back before the tank's full that's that's what i, I think it's it just sucked. that the the filler neck itself is like too short because i've been under there and looked at it i mean it's i mean it's maybe eight inches like it's it is not that amount oh. of distance and so i think that that's what it was was it was just like it's getting a ton of, you know, backflow from how fast it's going in 
because when I went slow, like yeah, very, very slow, it was it was totally fine and it didn't click off until it was actually like ready to click off because I tried to give it a couple more squeezes and it would just right away click off at the like lightest amount of pressure. So it's like, okay, well, now I know it's actually full. So yeah, so there's my, you know, hmm. extra two gallons I get to use <laughs> now. So that's great. You need to screw in uh like funnel um they make the funnels that are like for uh they screw where gas cap screws on um then you don't ever worry about that you get an extra sometimes you overfill them and that becomes a problem but or i can just do like i did today and call it good because that's fine (laughs) sounds like it's going to be too simple yeah it's it's a pretty simple resolution that doesn't cost me anything except for a couple more dollars at the pump No, nah, I don't like I don't like that for you. Um, let's complicate this. <laughs> Too easy. <laughs> Did I you also purchased some shit for the Tacoma? Oh yeah. Oh. Ooh. So I, I did purchase my my cab mount relocates for my front. So I'll be nice. starting everything to switch to thirty fives because my thirty threes are looking like they're about time to sell them, and I, I'd rather sell them when they're actually worth something than. If I kept them on there for another year, they'd probably be pretty torched by the end of it, and no one's going to be paying for them. Yeah. But, uh, and then I have 24 hours of overtime, or 24 hours of double time coming up in two weeks. Uh, So I'm purchasing my front MMRs as well. So I'll be able to adjust up another half inch. So be roughly at a three inch, at least in the front lift. Nice. So. You know, 37s are cheaper than 35s right now um, <laughs> for budgeting purposes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you want to. I'll send but you the link. He also he also I, has 16-inch wheels, not 17s. I would need I would need front bumper. I don't want to talk about that. I, I'd need to go full new front bumper with 37s. And then I'd be at where Jesse's problem is now, where it's like, well... If I continue, I'm going to start breaking shit on 37s because I'd have to gusset my spindles. I'd have to do a bunch of other things to really honestly run 37s. Uh, I'd probably have to go to like a t- uh, the, the Tundra steering rack and certain things to actually want to wheel 37s that hard. I mean, Jesse already threw one stock steering rack. And I like that for you. That's a journey. Yeah. That sounds like a wonderful journey for you, and I, I love that for you. Yeah, that sounds like a fun journey. <laughs> it sounds like good I mean, content. Gladly, like, thankfully, there's yeah. already like a kit now to do a, t- a Tundra steering rack swap, but it's uh, uh, not an easy job. No. Sounds like you're slowly talking yourself into it, so I'm, I'm here for that. Yeah, it wasn't. No, I'm, I'm talking myself out of like doing anything more than just going to 35s and calling it good. Isn't it? Because I, th- I think with thirty fives and spending the money, just, too. Yeah, right. I thought that they, I thought there were two hundred series racks, but I could yeah. be wrong. I don't, I don't know. I, I haven't looked into it I for a while. Colin went through this phase with his Tacoma for a little bit, but mm-hmm. yeah, because I think that that uh, dirt lifestyle Nate dude, I think that's what his was it, or is on his, his. Uh, Tacoma is a is a two hundred series rack. Because there's somebody that makes a kit that you can yeah. use, and it's pretty obvious well, how much bigger they are. But, um, but yeah, that's. I yeah. think that that Marlin crawler kit that he's got, the RCLT kit, comes with their yeah, own yeah. branded rack. Um, but oh. I'm pretty sure after a little bit of research, it's a 200 rack. Um, yeah. That's just yeah. made to fit. So 
that's cool too and jesse did that uh that jd fab uh stuff on his truck like colin's truck which pushes the front forward too that's the other like game changer with the 37s on a on one of those trucks i think but the yeah, rclt you know, is jesse better would, talking with him he was kind of regretting some of that work as well just to, on on some of that stuff interesting just uh, yeah from what he kind of i mean that's that's jesse being over analytical too but yeah know. well now he's well because he was the one saying well you know instead of instead of doing what i did uh, i say we just you know because it, it was a matter of clearance more so than anything else yeah and you might as well just relocate the cab mount that's in your way versus i know it's a it's a a lot it's a, it's just as much cutting and grinding but not near as much work as far as it goes especially if you're just going to stick with 35s yeah yeah definitely. not not as much geometry either yeah i mean and, and if i'm going to go to 37s i'm not going to i'd go to a long travel kit and at that point i'm changing everything up yep yep it's a slippery slope you know what that's a great idea yeah who yeah, so who yeah, are yeah, going to get it's a, it's a new vehicle it's a it's by land cruiser or by you know uh, Bronco, or you know, yeah. Speaking speaking else, of Land Cruiser, who just ton swap which, which one of you are we gonna get? Uh, who's gonna get to thirty fives first? You or Aaron? Because we gotta get Aaron on thirty uh, fives in the hundred series. Oh, so it, it we're, I think he's I think he's slowly coming around to it. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna have thirty fives by Sean's trip again next. I tried that today. Tested him. Yeah. Indefinitely. Yeah. Yeah, we need to we Seems need to get Aaron over. Aaron on the on board too because he's I mean he's still living the 16s life as well but you know still we should be able to get and I'll, I'll probably Sounds buy like, like a, coming around a weld front bumper kit and then drive to Casey's house uh, and have him help me uh, do bull bars and certain things for it just to make everything easy on him as far as fab work goes. You can come over here. I got a little welding station right there. Colin used it once on uh, some suspension. Have you been to Casey's? Got a great shop. I'll just drive. To oh, Casey's. I know. I'm <laughs> sorry, yeah, Mike. Know, I'll know, just drive to Casey's house. Yeah. Plus, it's my not... winch is already there. That's been sitting there for I think three years. Oh my god. He's also like <laughs> two and a half hours closer than I am. So uh, no, he's I talking. Don't judge you. He's talking about Casey, not Jesse. Not, not Jesse. Right, but isn't Casey over Casey in Portland now? Sun, or did he move no, back he over in Sun River. No, he's still in uh, Deschutes Woods. Or DRW, yeah, sorry. Is he in, oh, that's right, he's in Sun River. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, knew, I knew he was in town before and he was uh, doing a bunch of stuff, but I thought he moved back to the Valley for some reason. Back. I've seen no, him he's, forever. He's, he's working for Thurin. Yep. He's, he's, he posts uh, his welding stuff is insane that he makes for Thurin. Wow! I right. Shout out to Casey. Yeah, I don't think Casey's. <laughs> I don't think Casey's ever lived in the valley. He's always been. Then I'm. Here. I'm way off in what I thought. Yeah, I don't know who you're thinking of, but it's not Casey. <laughs> Mysterious Fab guy. <laughs> but that's that's kind of the plan. Hopefully, that the the bumper is the only thing that's up in the air this year. Uh, but. Some of the U weld stuff is only about five hundred bucks, and then it wouldn't be more than three or four hundred dollars in some extra steel and lights to have everything else I need on that. Just be done with it. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Thirty-five better approach angle, and then maybe uh, actually a cross member 
uh, for a full skid would probably be the better. Be nice. Thing yeah, your transfer case needs to be protected. Yeah, it, it's taken its one hit, <laughs> and then I went nice. It's like most of the bands in the eighties. It's a one hit wonder. That's it. I think I think it actually likes to go into four low easier now. Oh, you fixed oh. something. Well, yeah, you got to slap yeah. it around a little bit. Tell it what's I'm what. I'm just going to say that. That's, uh, that's just what engineering. Story. <laughs> well, so Sean, I saw you commented on Dirt Lifestyle Nate's uh, Hydro Assist uh, stuff. Did, did do you have a plan? Are you yeah. going to do that one inch small ram thing like he did? Or nope. I I think that oh, okay, uh, cool. <laughs> that guy uh, it is he's doing a lot of good stuff with a good little at home shop and he makes really good content. I think his content is great. I'm a big fan, um, but he makes some strange choices, which I've said in our yep, talks just that. among our normal private stuff together. Um, and one of those is like Amazon steering Rams. And I, you know, I I'm frugal to an extent, but I can't get behind that. So um, probably no hydro assist. I'm hoping that this, uh, this new box makes it or this new steering power steering pump makes it, better uh, enough that it's not an issue but if i ever do hydro it'll probably be on the front of the axle and it'll probably have to be in conjunction with a three link because i don't get modifying that steering that much there's a lot of welding in that spot to make that ram fit and it is very protected he's not wrong and it's really neat to have the rear steer because of that protection but like maybe he's running a lot well he's definitely running a lot less caster than i am because he's on a stock front spring with a spacer basically but yeah. like my dom tie rod touches my radius arms at full lock already and so doing anything else there is just not gonna happen so anyway well, so it's did, cool so did his it didn't if you I, watch, I think it touches it, with the clamp or whatever but like i don't think it's touching with just turning no, yeah, it was when he had the front pin pulled on the radius arm and yeah. something else, it, it would touch it, like full lock, full droop, yeah, and yeah. something else. But uh, is that another thing? So I haven't seen that you have anything like that. Is that. Another thing that you're considering, he's got that like front pin on the passenger side to drop one um, portion of the radius arm. And I thought, like, that sounds goofy. It seems like you're working really hard to do nothing. Uh, but then Dave Chappelle who I uh, think is got a better understanding of suspension than most of the country. Not the comedian. Um, commented about. Not the comedian. Not the, yeah. You know what? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. He might be pretty good. Um, but he, uh, Dirthead Dave, uh, commented about how that flexes way more than he has ever seen a, a, a 80 series run. So yeah. it, it, when I heard it from the second horse's mouth, um, I thought, well, okay, well, for how much effort that takes, it doesn't seem like a bad idea. Yeah, there's a, there's, it was really popular like 10 years ago in the Land Cruiser community and it kind of stopped being popular. Um, it, it does afford you a little bit more flex. I think a lot of guys say an inch or two, totally unverified claim. I have no idea. It'd be interesting to put a truck side by side and see what it actually is. And apparently it's not too bad on the rig because most of that, most of what you're doing is taking away binding. You're not taking away, you're not letting it flex more. You're letting it bind less basically um, because radius Mm -hmm. arms inherently bind when they travel. Um, But 
I've also seen a bunch of firsthand accounts that say it's a little bit more flex. It's unpredictable. I don't love it. Definitely don't drive it on the street, which I would. I mean, I don't think he's doing that, obviously. So that's an, a moot point. Yeah, but, um, no, he puts the pin in and he has it he like puts uh, the pin uh, in and then drives yeah, it's a, it's it's basically street, yeah. so he can be both ways. Yeah, that's that's the way people yeah. do it. Um, yeah. He wants. To I have both caster ways. plates, which makes it a little little bit weird, I think. Um, but I think I could still do it. I don't know. I don't really have any intent to do it. It flexes fine for me. Um, it's you know, it stuffs the tire where it needs to go. I have a lot less. Um, bump stop than a lot of guys run on them. Um, a lot of people extend bump stops. He didn't, um, which is, he did exactly what I did, by the way, which is kind of fun. He did like very little lift on his, like less lift than mine has. And he did the longer shocks, right? Which yeah. I think is why mine stays pretty stable most of the time um, or a big part of it. Um, so I don't know, but it's cool. He's, you know, it's cool to see somebody put one of those up in a competition like that that is, um, more off-road focused and not you know dorky overland stuff because i always have thought that they're a really cool rig for everything it is not the best wheeler it is probably a great overlander if you're just setting it up for that maybe but like it's not the most efficient right and it's heavy and all those things so i think it does really well overall and it's really cool to see him do you know that kind of stuff with it and to do different stuff right like even though i don't love the way that hydro steer is or the assist is and i probably wouldn't do it that way it is cool to see somebody that just takes it puts it in a shop says hmm i could probably make this better and does it the way that he thinks that it's is right whether i agree with it or not it's pretty cool to see um so the other point i was going to make there uh the other dave that you were talking about not the comedian I think he also is, is really, uh, really talented and does awesome stuff. I would love to pick his brain on the air suspension thing because talking (laughs) about a guy that makes weird choices, that's one of them. And I don't get it. And I'm sure that he loves it for some reason, but, and they seem to perform fine, but like, I don't get it. It just seems like a lot of extra complication for like, maybe he, he runs it cheaper because he knows what he's doing and he's not scared of it or like what, whatever. But like, it's really weird that yeah. I don't understand. So whatever, but he, he makes cool stuff. For, you see what he's building for this year's ultimate adventure. Yeah. It looks like, you know, a full size, uh, V 10 super duty, super duty. but didn't yeah, they short bed, didn't four wheel uh, cab four wheel did that at one point, that white truck. Um, but I think it was a V eight, which I thought Actually, was kind of funny. Maybe it was so a diesel. It, it was, it was him too. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. The, yeah. Yeah, the, it's mom's spaghetti. No, no, and no. It sorry. Was... Even older. White, like an 08 truck that they drove for Ultimate Adventure. Oh. So then, yes. And then that one turned into, if I remember correctly, turned into the Gambler truck, right? They've got the different top truck. cut off. <laughs> I think right, it's still well, a different truck. They've but done yeah. it a lot then. They've done yeah. it so many times. So that's what yeah. I was getting at. <laughs> also, yeah. uh, mom's spaghetti is if not it, a super duty, broke. it's a bullnose Ford. It's a bullnose uh, step side yeah. bed Ford. Right, right, right. So no, I, I know it's not a super duty, but I thought that might have been what Sean was talking about. Like they've uh, already done that. that oh, um, I think he was meaning super before. duty is what he was. <laughs> what they've already done. Got it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think Vern is gonna take that um, that uh, Jeep that Troy or not Troy, Trent was driving on the Overland Adventure, Steve. Um, he's going to, it sounds like he's invited to go again and he's going to bring that, uh, that crazy weird, you know, hodgepodge Wrangler with the R 2.8 in it. And 
and it's a oh, manual cool. yeah. and it's, it's it's such a gnarly little like, that thing is so sick cheap. it's so weird <laughs> it's it's basically a buggy oh yeah like, it's, it, it, it's it, it gives me like military buggy yeah mm-hmm. it would be like if there was like the kingpin of all mad max rigs that it, it's up there <laughs> with it but you know like i mean it was oh that thing is so sick there's the, that that's a jeep that would make me a jeep guy <laughs> But G people are weird, man. So they are. They are. They really are. Because I'm a nerd and had to look this up to know what I was talking about. Four Wheel built a 13 Super Duty, I think, in 13, which was a power strip oh, wow. truck, and did like a four link in the back and put it on portals, factory axles, portal boxes. It was really cool. Um, single cab. I think it's a long bed. I think that's probably what this truck is too. I guess. Anyways, I don't. No, it's a short bed. There's a whole thing. Interesting. Like he found, Not bobbed. He found it's a, actually a short bed. Yeah, it is a short bed. And then it sounds like he's going to dove nose the front. He's got plans for, um, I think he's going to narrow the bed, but I, I don't know for sure about that. There's just talk about, he's like, I'm going to bring the body in and then I'm going to make the axles work underneath of it and show that like, you don't need to build a whole ridiculous thing. Like if you're willing to, to do some fab work. Like building a whole bunch of ridiculous stuff with fab. Yeah. <laughs> that's, time, not money, though. That's the that thing that always gets me. Time, not money. So, oh, this is would, definitely a long bed. That would allude to yeah. Once again, that uh, it's short looking though. That they lost the the Onyx yeah, challenge. Then, if he's building his own truck to do Ultimate Adventure, because if they would have won, yeah. he'd be with Nate in the Land Cruiser on that trip oh. because their team won. So they definitely lost. So they lost. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. They, they definitely lost. Yeah. But, but also before that even came up before the, even any of this stuff happened, he had already had that red truck um, purchased. So, but I, I think even like before there was any chance of him, you know, knowing one way or the other, he had had that vehicle purchased. Um, and now I think it just might have turned into the uh, uh, ultimate adventure truck. So fun, yeah. I think it's gonna be a cool. That'd be a fun trip. That would yeah. be a cool thing to do. That would be a a cool one. That's for sure. That's. I mean, just from how you might say cool it would be the ultimate, the like overland adventure, adventure was like being able to do ultimate would be really freaking cool but you gotta kind of have quite the uh quite the rig to do it because like yeah as we know this last year was the first year they had ifs anything with ifs go and that dude with the forerunner had a really hard time (laughs) i mean nate didn't break anything except for that except for that steering uh rack coming out but like the uh Dog but that forerunner it was like the first day he blew a cv like right away basically oh yeah it's i like, forgot about that i'm surprised those <laughs> that'd be that'd be well, rough. That, guys that, running rcvs when they're trying that to Colorado do that kind of stuff at that point i mean it's it's it kind of comes down yeah. to like a still running stock cvs and they're trying to push 30 i mean it's yeah it's it's wild I'll, even on instagram i'll see guys that uh folded a, a tire on their Tacoma and they're running 37s and you know they, they didn't gusset their spindle. And it's like, you know, even on 35s, you want to yeah. look at doing that and certain things. So it's, it, 
people stress the limits of what that stuff can even do, and then you really start breaking shit when you add stupidity, a camera, don't know what you're doing, and, you know, that heavy of a vehicle. I see you, Sean. I, I do, too. Um, I got to gossip my stuff, too, so it's on the to-do list. Anyway, uh, it looks like Sean's going to head uh, head out. Uh, we're going to miss him. Uh, either he's peeing or he is done for the day. Mike, what Colorado are you talking about? Uh, so on Ultimate Adventure, there was a uh, 2018 or 2019. It was the last year of the first body, like, nose Colorado. The, um, and the, they had it on 37. The Eagle Eye built. one or Angry Eye one or whatever the frick, the, like the, the ones that The looked, one I had. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about, because there was, I don't remember there being no, one of those there. Because there, Ian built that one, the first gen yeah. Colorado that was pretty the, cool, but I don't, that. I don't remember there being It was a ZR2. Hmm. I don't remember. There, there, well, because there it was only on there. for like one episode because everything exploded. <laughs> yeah it it was a whole thing about it. it did not go well for them they were out after like the first trail um which which in watching it i was like no they were doing they were going like rev limiter into stuff they they broke it not it was a bad rig in my opinion but um but yeah they, they took a, a zr2 colorado on ultimate adventure and it just didn't go well hmm yeah, I don't remember seeing it in any like any of the videos or anything that I that I watched. I just remember Ian's and how he had like a transmission blow up or something like on his way there or whatever it was. Like midway through, he did like an, yeah. yeah, he did an, an overnight an overnight swap <laughs> and then got back out there, which is kind of the theme of you know of that trip is just freaking get it well, there, the motor. And drive it so. The funny thing too about that is he did an LS swap in it, and those had LS. You could get them with an LS. Um, yeah. Granted, they're not easy to find with an LS. Like it's, uh, I tried. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I found I found one in the valley, and it sold much faster than I could get to the valley to look at it. So, yeah. But Ian's yeah. Colorado is cool. Well, I, that's like the that's the setup. Like that's that's exactly how I kind of envisioned a small pickup truck, like overland crawlver, you know, yeah. crawlver landing setup to be done is exactly how he set that up. So you know, other than his hair, he's uh, well, he knows to... what he's doing. <laughs> and his he's endless supply yeah. of black Dixon shirts. <laughs> the important thing <laughs> who the guys I think are going to win that Onyx challenge or that S10 and that's like another version of the of small Chevy truck uh on tons but leaf springs and stock 43 um and it's just crushing that thing's it's just cool. out there destroying it's a cool truck i think uh if I'm nitpicky because I'm me and we're being our authentic selves on the podcast here, um, I don't like their goofy things that they're doing, like the Ninja Turtle 
diff cover and stuff. I hate that stuff so much. I hate, hate, hate that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a but it's a cool uh, truck. Gimmick taco shirt. Gimmicky yeah. stuff, Sean. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Which is funny because you're a Misfits fan, so I don't know what how how you don't like gimmicky things, but you like the mis- Misfits. What? What? Okay, let's. If you don't like the Ninja Turtles, Miles is gonna hate you. Okay, so first off, I love the Ninja Turtles. I'm never gonna put a Ninja Turtle thing on anything that I own, but I still love mm-hmm. them. All right, so calm yourself over there. Secondly, like a real easy way to get I, out of the Ninja Turtle hate. I like the Misfits. The gimmicky Misfits are the Misfits that our good friend Jesse love, not. The regular misfits okay and steve <laughs> let's just keep this let's just keep this low key right now because i don't i don't want to get into too be, much of a music no word, podcast no here you'll <laughs> never see that you know how i feel but i have also very little misfits paraphernalia i will run an air freshener from time to time in my car no stickers no tattoos, nothing, all right? <laughs> I'm a casual observer. I enjoy the band quite a bit. They may have shaped a little bit of my teenage years for a, a bit, but, you know. Anyways, that was I mean, rough. One final I, don't I have would throw that out there, so. Hey, gimmicks that says anything you know, for you, Gimmicks John. are gimmicks, so. so. Just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Like yes. Daddy well, I said the one vinyl say? of the Misfits I have is Static Age, so if that says anything, despite my feelings of Michael Grimm's. Well, I got to go make Miles go to sleep. So, uh, if we're done here. Well, now we are. Great. Bye. <laughs> no, that didn't work so quick. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> Shit. It pushed the wrong Doing button. Doing a good job here. No, then don't leave, though. Yeah. Good job leaving. All right. Well, I'm sticking around now. Turns out. Okay. Bye. Turns out I didn't want to leave. <laughs> so, there. Yeah. Sean, I hate gimmicky bands too, just so you know. Like I'm I'm not a gimmick guy. I don't I don't like that stuff either, so Yeah, I know. I know. So, no, I'm, so I'm with you with the turtle shell concept. Granted, I didn't even know that, that was what they did because I didn't follow any of the builds what other mm-hmm. than Nate's basically. Because like you said, Nate um yeah. does a good job of that type of YouTube yeah. as that type of YouTuber person like that he's he's like one of the yeah. very few I can sit through and like actually like feel like I'm enjoying what he's you know what he's doing even though like you said he does do some weird stuff that just doesn't make sense to me but whatever you, you do you know, just you try do, new you, things whatever yeah I still think that well, the Ram Charger is like the coolest very... rig in that challenge, but yeah, it's, but it it's, just a, it's just a, it's just a cool you platform. See that part? No, I haven't watched any of it. I just, I just think it's like the cool oh, platform for it, for that. Oh, not uh spoiler alert. 